Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 10 of the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and today we're going over this weekend's fight night coming up. Uh, Vicente Luque and Rafael, it's the half, Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, should be a great card. We're going to go over five of these six main card fights coming up this weekend. So, wherever you are, I hope you're ready to give me your next 20 minutes of undivided attention to listen to what I have to say because it's important. So, get ready, buckle up, because here we go. Episode number 10, we made it to double digits finally. I mean, it seems like it's taken us so long. You know, we took June off um, because it was such a busy month, just in life in general. But now we are back. We're on two episodes per week now, so be checking in on uh, on Sunday slash Monday and Wednesday slash Thursday. Still working out the kinks on all that stuff. Coming in on YouTube soon. I mean, there's so many exciting things going on with the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. So if you're sticking along and you're here early in the early stage... I appreciate you. I love you so much. And this weekend, let's talk about uh, this weekend's card is going to be fantastic. Vicente Luque and Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, remember, it is the half. I said that in the beginning. But Rafael Dos Anjos, two uh, fantastic fighters. And we're going to actually get to the main event last today. I'm going to switch it up a little bit on you. That way you stick around. Uh, or at least just skip all the way to the end. Who cares? Um, but anyways, we're going to start... With the first fight, uh, there's many, many great fights on this card. Let me throw that out there. Um, there's, you know, uh, Terrence McKinney's on this card. Uh, man, I, when I was looking through it, I, I saw some really good names. And off the top of my head, they're just not coming to mind. I've, I just got off work. It's It's been a long day. But, um, yeah, so we're going to start with the main card. Josh Fremd and Jamie Pickett is the first fight on the main card. And I think uh, this is, should... I don't want to say an easy fight, but it should be a win for Josh Fram. He's like the minus 330 favorite for this fight, and I think there's a reason behind it, so let's go over that. Um, in my mind, this fight could go one of two ways, but both are going to point towards Fram. Um, he is now coming off of his first win in the UFC. He started off 0-2 against uh, a great fight. He looked fantastic against Fluffy Hernandez. In his first fight in the UFC, and then he fought Treshawn Gore, which was a disgusting... Like, it looked like... It was a disgusting guillotine choke. And it looked like his head was going to pop off like an action figure, uh, if you ever grew up with those. Or Barbie dolls, if you're a lady listening. Um, but, you know, the head could pop up. That's what it looked like Josh Frim's head was going to do when he fought uh, Treshawn Gore. But... He got in the win column, finally, against uh, uh, Dumas back in March uh, with a guillotine. So... I think he's got some uh, momentum going into this fight. Uh, if you watched the post-fight interview after that fight with him, he looked really excited, and he was like, you know, all the hard work's paying off. And I think uh, I th- I think he's in the right mindset now. So <clears throat> his next task with Jamie Pickett, I think could give him some potential problems on the feet. Pickett has nine wins by knockout, so... And Josh Frim has 10 total in his career. Um, but Pickett's like 2-6 and six in the UFC. So honestly, it's surprising for me that he's still there regardless. I think he's been used more as a stepping stone, like with his uh, fight with uh, Bo Nickel. Um, so I think for Frim, what he needs to do is use some wrestling, get his, get it to the ground, and, and try to submit like he did uh, Dumas. Um, I, but I think for him, for Frim to win this fight... 
he's got to get it to the ground more than likely. Um, but I mean, Pickett's been knocked out as well. I just I don't see the power in Frim's hands. Frim's hands uh, that could knock Pickett out, but I, I think I believe he can submit him at least get it to the ground and control most of the fight. Get out with the W. So first fight of the night, Josh Frim over Jamie Pickett. That's what we're taking. Now if we go to the next one, we're gonna go over. Uh, it's the ladies, Pollyanna Viana and Yasmin Lucindo. Um, this fight is a toss-up for me. I know that uh, Yasmin is the favorite in this fight. And she looked well in her last fight. I, um, but to be honest, I mean, looking at Payana's stats, um, man, I mean, both these ladies, like I said, this is a toss-up for me. You have both both women, they want to finish the fight no matter where it goes. Viana has 13 wins with 13 finishes, 5 by knockout, 8 by submission. Yasmin has 14 wins with 10 finishes, 8 by knockout, and 2 by submission. So no matter where this fight goes, I do believe that one of they can finish it regardless at either direction. Like if, if it goes to the ground, either one of them can finish it. If it's standing up, either one of them can finish it. I don't know if there's a huge advantage in either side. Um, but I do feel like uh, that either way the fight goes, there's going to be fireworks. I think that we're in for a treat with this fight uh, as being, I think, the second or third main card fight this weekend. Um, for me, what I believe, I believe this is going to be the first upset upset on the main card that we're going to go over. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look for Viana to be on the prowl to take her down. Uh, with those eight submissions to Yasmin's two, I think that she has a slight advantage there. Again, on the feet, maybe Yasmin has a slight advantage there. So, I believe Pollyanna Viana is going to take her down and try to finish it via submission. I believe she has more weapons in the arsenal uh, there than Yasmin does. And uh, for that reason, we're going to take Pollyanna Viana over Yasmin Lucindo in that fight. I believe she's a, 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 a underdog right now. So if you take her, you're going to win a little bit of money. Um, if she wins. Now, look, hey, we're like... 25 and 17 or whatever. I don't remember what I said last week um, or earlier this week, but we have a winning record. I'm just throwing that out. We have a winning record. Okay. Now this next fight is one of my favorite fights and I really the next three fights are some of my favorite fights on this card. Um, Khalil Roundtree. Like for him, I do believe that he can be one of the best I, I believe he's one of the best Muay Thai fighters in the light heavyweight division, right? Um, he has tremendous knockout power. He is fantastic on the feet. His problem, though, is that he kind of gets in his head. He gets in these situations, gets himself in these situations that take him a step back every now and then. And so... Right now, he's on a three-fight win streak with two TKOs. One, or and one, sorry, and one controversial decision over just Dustin Jacoby, who just won at UFC Nashville. Um, Dawkus, Chris Dawkus, is normally a heavyweight. Uh, this is his light heavyweight debut. And for Chris Dawkus, he's always been a faster, more mobile heavyweight. Um, but that never that didn't get him uh, a big advantage because he's been on a three-fight skid to the likes of Jarzino Rosenstrike, Curtis Blades, and Derek Lewis. Now, keep in mind, those are three of the top 12, 13, 14 heavyweights in the world right now. So, he does, he, his three losses aren't 
to duds, right? Um, but the advantage that he had with the mobility and the speed at heavyweight, I don't believe he'll have at light heavyweight anymore because those guys are naturally smaller. They're naturally faster. They're naturally more mobile. So I, with that, I think the advantage for him goes away there. What I'm curious about, like I said, is what Khalil Roundtree will show up. Um, is the Khalil Roundtree that put on the per- dominant performance over Eric Anders, Gokhan Saki, and Paul Craig going to show up? I think so. Being on a three-fight win streak, this is the first time since the Ultimate Fighter that he's been on a hot streak. Okay, um, I- I'm willing to bet that he continues that Saturday night. So I'm going Khalil Roundtree by KO. Um, and I'm going to smash that in the parlay, okay? So Khalil Roundtree by knockout over Chris Dawkins. Because my other fear with Dawkins, right, is that dropping down in weight sometimes makes yourself a little more vulnerable. That's such a tongue-tying word. Vulnerable. I'll take it. That works. But sometimes that can make you a little more vulnerable in the chin, in the body, in the legs. Like, with health, right? With your with your uh, ability to stay standing, um, because losing a lot of weight like that, I mean, it could be a good thing, and it means you could lose some muscle and 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 bad things. So, I'm curious with that, but I think Khalil Roundtree, this is where he's been. He's on a hot streak. the The favor is pointing to Khalil Roundtree, so I'm going Khalil Roundtree by knockout this Saturday over Chris Daukas. And our co-main event. Now, before they put out like how the card was going to be structured, this fight was like the second one on the prelim, and I was really confused by that. Um, Cub Swanson and Hakeem Dewadu. This is going to be uh, a fight that you're going to be on the edge of your seat. Um, both fighters have won three of their last five fights. Both fighters look to knock people out and are explosive in doing so. Now, I believe this fight was built... For one reason, for somebody to either end up on their back or for both men to be battered at the end of three rounds. Like, I I don't feel like this is going to be a wrestling match. I don't feel like this is going to be a ground game. I mean, these two guys, they want to strike. They want to knock people out. They're both some bad boys, okay? Now, when looking at Swanson, obviously, he is a longtime vet in the UFC, and he still has the power to put people on the canvas. But my worry with Swanson is, is his chin and body strength. If we look at his last two losses, like I said, he's won three of five. His last two losses, Giga Chikadze, not an easy fight, but he lost via a body kick that ended up getting TKO'd with. And then Jonathan Martinez, um, also not an easy fight, and that was at bantamweight. This is at featherweight. This fight is at featherweight. But it was at bantamweight that he fought Jonathan Martinez, and he lost via leg kicks, TKO, in round two. So for me, him fighting a kickboxer in Duwadu, it's not the greatest recipe for a fresh baked W in the win column, in my opinion. Like, I think you're getting served some shepherd's pie that is with rotten potatoes from the potato famine in Ireland back in the day. I don't know my years. I'm kind of just jabbering at this point. But the point is, Hakeem Duwadu, kickboxer, likes to throw his kicks. And I don't think Cub, like, I, remembering Cub back in the day, kind of an ego fighter. Like, he wanted to knock people out and he was willing to get knocked out to do so. 
I wonder if that's the cub we're going to see, especially with those last two losses being body kicks and leg kicks. I just worry about the strength in his, his body. Um, so I think Duwadu has that advantage, and I think that for him to cook up a fresh-baked W in the win column, sticking with the Steph theme, right? Make a W sandwich. Um, he's going to have to stay standing, throw kicks, work the body, um, and I, I think he'll be able to do that. I'm taking Hakeem Duwadu in the co-main event. Now, finally, it is time. For the moment you've been waiting for, it is time for the main event breakdown. Now, uh, this is going to be like the new little segment we do every week, and I like this so far. I mean, I like splitting this up. I get to spend a little more time focusing on the fighters, focusing on some analytics and things like that. And so, for this main event, for me, it's the Battle of Brazil. It's like kind of old versus new. Um, you've got RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos is like 38 years old. He's been in the game forever. I think he's been a pro since 04. So I was five years old at the time. For those of you that are listening, you're welcome. There's my age. Um, and then Luke is 31. So it's like old and new, yes. I mean, Luke is not the newest, freshest Brazilian fighter we've got. But you get the point. And I'm here for this fight. I love this fight. RDA just moved back up to welterweight, fought Brian Barberena and beat him. Um... And I, I feel like, you know, Luke A right now is not on the hottest streak. Um, let's let's pull up some some numbers real fast, real fast for you. Um, so Vicente Luque, in his last two fights, have lost. He lost to uh, Jeff Neal, and that was by uh, TKO in the third round. And then he lost to Bilal Muhammad in a unanimous decision, and that was a pretty dominant win. And so. I kind of look like RDA is a smaller version of Bilal in this fight. Like, if if RDA is going to take anything from Luque's last two fights, it's going to be use your punches, try to use some range. I, th- I believe Luque is going to be the bigger fighter. Um, but try to smother him on the ground. Try to smother him in the clinch. Try to smother him against the cage, right? So, um Let's, let's go over three things. I got three things. Yeah, three things um, that could be just to keep in mind for this fight. And this is what's kind of influencing my decision. I've went back and forth on this fight for multiple days now trying to figure out who the heck I'm going to pick. And I still was doing it this morning, but the more I talk about it out loud into this microphone to you guys, the more that I'm sure of this pick. So, Let's talk about these three things. Now, keep in mind, putting these two together should produce something exciting. But as always, when you have two top-ranked fighters, we've seen this before as in last weekend, uh, it doesn't always produce fireworks. It depends on how technical one or, or the other wants to be in this fight. So, let's talk about some stats, okay? So, number one, both fighters are able to finish fights in the respected areas. Luke, a kickboxer, 11 KOs, RDA, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert, 11 submissions, okay? Keep that in mind. Luque has 13 first-round finishes. So why is this important, you may ask? When the fight goes longer, he begins to struggle. Luque has nine losses in his career. Six of them are by decision. We saw this with Bilal. Bilal was able to smother him and was able to control the fight that way and piece him apart, which in turn later down the road in rounds 
four and five and three, four and five. I mean, really, since the first round, um, it was it was Bilal's fight. RDA has only lost in the first round one time in his career, and I believe it was like 2015. Okay, he's not the easiest guy to finish early, um, and so for me. For me, RDA is is not the best finisher as of late. Now, he did finish Brian Barberena uh, in the second round, but Brian Barberena and Vicente Luque are not the same person. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, he's been known as more of a decision kind of winner, a decision guy. If we look at his record, 32 and 14, 16 of those wins have been by finishes. The other 16 are by, uh, are by uh, decision, okay? So in my heart, let's let's in my heart I want to choose Luque, right? Because I feel like he's the future Brazil fighter. He's the face of Brazil in the future, right? We just lost Jose Aldo. Who's going to step up and say I'm next? I'll carry the flag. In my heart, I do want to say it's Vicente Luque. But in order for him to win, I believe he has to finish RDA early. And if you listened just a minute ago, RDA's only ever been finished in the first round one time in his career out of like 46 fights. Now, if we do the math on that, uh, one divided by 46 is a 2.17% rate. 2.17%. To me, that's not a that's not good odds in Luke's favor. So I do believe. RDA will pull out the win via decision because I do not have the faith based off of Luke's last two performances that he can finish RDA. And if you can't finish RDA, RDA will take you to the ground and he will smother you. And I believe that's what he'll do with Luke. So my final picks for this weekend. Take it back to the top. Josh Fremd over Jamie Pickett. Pollyanna Viana over Yasmin Lucindo. Khalil Roundtree over Chris Dawkins. And remember, I'm saying that's by knockout. Okay, I'm putting that in the in the parlay this week. Hakeem Duadu over Cub Swanson. And then in the main event, the Battle of Brazil, I've got RDA over Vicente Luque. What do you guys think? I don't know. I mean, do I change anything? No, we don't change nothing. We're leaving it the same. Guys, listen. We've got some exciting fights coming up next week is UFC Boston. And man, oh man, who do you guys have for that? I mean, let's pull up the card real fast. We're just going to talk shop for just a minute, okay? So obviously you have the main event, Aljamain Sterling and and uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I think that fight, like the odds are, are minus 255 for Aljamain right now. I think it should be a little closer. I think Zhang Wei Li and Amanda Lemos is a great fight. Here's the question of the week. The bantamweight division could be wide open. We talked about this earlier on Monday morning. If Cheeto beats Pedro Munoz, is he back in like the number two contender shot? Does is like is it him and Sanhagen again? Maybe I don't. I mean, it's things to think about, right? Do some digging. Let me know. And then another one that I was super excited for, but now they just announced that. The one fighter's out is Jeff Neal and Ian Gary. Jeff Neal just said that he's out due to an injury. So my prediction and my hope is maybe Wonderboy step in. Ian Gary and Wonderboy should be a fantastic stylistic matchup. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, because he just lost his fight to, or lost the ability to fight Michelle Pereira the other week. So that'd be a good sub. Dana White, hook it up, baby. There's also Cody Garbrandt and Mario Bautista. I think Bautista ends up winning that fight pretty easily. You've got Chris Weidman on the card, Brad Tavares, RoboCop, Natalia Silva. I mean, the list goes on and on for UFC Boston. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. I think it's or fights multiple, all of them. Chalk it up. I'm, yeah. Anyway, so this weekend, though, Luke A, RDA, main card starts at 6 p.m. Central. Uh, prelims start at 3 p.m. Central. So if you're not doing anything in the afternoon, early afternoon, watch the fight. So that way you can fact check me next week when we go over it on Monday morning. So anyways, guys, I hope you have a fantastic week. If you will, please just share this to all your friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, uh, uh Anybody that you don't like or do like, I will surely take the views because we're only five away from 100 across all episodes. Yeah, I mean, guys, I love you all. I hope you have a great weekend. Hope you have a great week. I will see you soon. We've got an interview coming up. I'll drop the name later. Peace!